good morning. I'm thankful that you're here today. Um, you know, have you, ever, have you ever hung out with somebody or been with somebody who has had a, a real revival in their life? Um, you know, years ago, uh, we had a guy uh, that was in our community. He was a businessman. He was uh, pretty successful, and, and, um, and he was one of these cowboys. Like, he would, uh, he would go to these cowboy bars, and he would uh, wear a mink coat, and he had two women around his arm. He'd rent a limo, and so he was a little flamboyant. And, um, but, he, but he got saved. And when he got saved, like, it was, it was just fun to be around him. His name was Barry, and, and uh, like, he, he, he bought a Lincoln Navigator. He put flames on the side that said, these are the only flames I'll ever see. And, and I mean, and, and he, he got a Harley. He had flames on the Harley with the same slogan. And, and then the guy just got radically saved. It was so fun to be around him. And, uh, and it was fun to watch him come to Christ and watch his life uh, kind of unfold. Um, well, one day I was... Uh, you know, I, I, I took him on a pre-trip to Mexico. We were, we were planning a mission trip to Mexico. And I said, Barry, I want you to go with me. And, and so we flew southwest, and, uh, and we're taking a, we were taking about 120 kids down to Mexico, so we were going to make sure we had it all squared away. And, um, and so we flew Southwest Airlines, and, and Barry just could not stop talking about his forgiveness the fact that he got saved, he could not stop talking about it. And so we get on this airplane. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm not 100% today. Uh, so if I go down, Chad's coming up. So uh, uh, Chad said, you know, we, I called him this morning and I said, okay, you got to be ready to die, ready to preach, right? So you better be ready. But, um, um, but Barry, it was so funny because we get on this airplane and, um, and he's just witnessing to everybody. And he, I mean, he just can't stop talking about his salvation. And we sit, I mean, we're, we're standing in line, Southwest. I, I haven't flown Southwest in a long time, but you used to land, line up in A, B, and C. And we got to the very front of line B, okay? So he turns around, and he's talking to essentially the whole plane as they stand in line, talking to this lady, and he's loud. And, 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 and so then I f make the mistake of following him on the plane, and he sits in the seats facing backwards, and, uh, and he keeps talking to this lady, and she's bawling, I need Jesus, you know. And, and Barry's like talking, witnesses to the whole plane. And, and here I am, the, I'm the minister on staff, and I'm like, Barry, man, calm down with your faith here, dude. Come on. I mean, but, but it was, it, honestly, it was so refreshing to see Barry and to watch his walk with the Lord. And, and I felt convicted because I had almost gotten too cool. Oh, wait, wait, I, no, you know, I'm, a, I'm one of those cool Christians now. You know, I got my faith down. But, but Barry had a real revival. You know, we're in Jonah chapter 3 this morning. And, and honestly, this is the story of the greatest revival that is recorded in history. I mean, it's the most incredible revival in the history of the world. And and Jonah is such an interesting story and such a, a fascinating um, challenge for us. And, and as a church, I want to remind us of the challenge that we, uh, we have issued to the, to, for all of us, me too. That, that for us to be a, a group of believers that this year in 2018, that we will uh, share the gospel with as many people as our age. 
So, and that's the challenge. That's something I pray that all of us embrace, that every one of us will say, okay, this year in 2018, I will, I will share the gospel with as many people as, as my age. I'm 46 years old. And so it's my, my goal to, uh, to say, okay, I'm going to share the gospel with at least 46 people this year, one-on-one. And, and, and this is a challenge I pray we all embrace because here's the reality. The world needs Jesus. And I love it that, that, that we are going to be a church that helps people and we're going to go and do like the groceries yesterday. And, and we're, gonna, we're building the mission where we're going to help people in, in practical ways. But that is a springboard into the gospel, into, the, into the, reason why we, the reason we do those things is because Jesus saved us. And we want the world to know him. And, and this is something I pray we, we understand and we embrace. And the story of Jonah is preparing us to be a church that says, Lord, we will be a witness for you. We will represent you. We will be an ambassador for Christ to a world that is in desperate need of salvation, of forgiveness. And, and you know what? It's a burden of mine as a pastor that, that we are not a church that looks inward. And so many churches that I, that I see, they turn inward and they forget that we're in a world full of people that need Christ. And it's my prayer that we are a group of people with a burden for the souls of men. If you have your Bibles, turn to Jonah chapter 3. Incredible revival. Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 10 is what we're going to read. And would you stand with me and let's read God's word this morning. In Jonah chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. And when, when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By, by decree of the kings and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone urgently call on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent with compassion, turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. And this is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of my time with Barry. Because this king of the Ninevites, they were like, dude, we're going to even put sackcloth on our animals. I mean, I mean they, they, they repented. And it's interesting, as you look at the story of Jonah, and, and, and I've got a map. I, I just want us to, to recap. If you've not been with us over the last couple of weeks, Jonah is the prophet of God. And you remember, God told him, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. 
I want you to go and proclaim them, proclaim a message that I'm giving you. And, and, um, and Jonah, uh, he didn't do that. In this map that we have up, I think we're going to put it up here in just a second. But, but you see, Jonah was like, I, I'm not going to go to Nineveh. I'm going to get on a ship in Joppa. And what does he do? He pays the fare, which was, I mean, if you're going to go on that, that long of a journey, look how long that 250, 2,500 miles. Okay, this is not a cheap fare. Okay, so Jonah pays from his own, oh, his own money, pays the fare, uh, gets in the boat and says, I'm out of here. And, and look where he was told to go. Nineveh was 500 miles away, but he's like, no, I want to go to Tarshish. And, and we see in, in chapter 1, verse 4, what does the Lord do? As he's on this journey, on this ship, the Lord hurled a great or a violent wind at this ship. And, and the Lord did this. The Lord said to Jonah, look, you're not going the right way. You, you're, you're running, you're disobeying my voice, which is the tendency that, that we all have. Even as believers, we have a tendency to say, God, I'm going to disobey you. We see in chapter 17, we know the story. We've looked at it the last couple of weeks, how, how um, Jonah is thrown into the, into the, into the ocean, uh, and, and he's, he's like, I'm dead, it's over, throw me into the ocean, and these sailors would be saved. And, and verse 17 talks about that the Lord appointed a great fish, and he swallowed Jonah. Now, we, we assume that this is a whale. Now, you can Google uh, uh, men who were swallowed by a whale, and there's a guy on the internet that says, I got swallowed by a whale. Not everything on the internet is true. I just want you to know that. Write that down. Not everything on the internet is true. I'm giving you some good truth today. Um, but, uh, you know, scientists, and they say, they say these are impossible. It's impossible that, that a man could survive in the belly of a whale. I think it's probably difficult as well uh, when I think about this. But, but here's the reality. The Lord appointed a great fish. Now, I don't know if this is the only fish like this that God ever made, and then uh, he swallowed Jonah, and he has the ability to do this? Um, or I don't know how it happened, but here's what I believe, that a big fish swallowed Jonah. Uh, I don't have an intellectual problem with this, and we've talked about this. It's not an intellectual leap to believe that this was an event in history that actually took place. And though I have a, uh, of a, uh, I have a friend who's an atheist, and he dogs me on this point. and says, oh, you're, it's so ridiculous that you would believe this. But here's the reality, and I've said this, and I've borrowed it from C.S. Lewis, but I want us to remember this. I want you to remember this. I've said it every week, that, that uh, the resurrection of Christ was such a huge miracle. It was such a huge feat that Jesus would die on the cross and then he would raise from the dead. That is such a, a, a huge feat. And here's the reality. We have swallowed the elephant of the resurrection of Christ. Therefore, we won't choke on a crumb of God creating a fish and swallowing a man and keeping him alive three days. Is that a miracle? Yes. But that miracle is nothing compared to the miracle of the resurrection. And, and what we know in verse 17, that God appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. 
Now, he was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. For chapter 2 says, after in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, then he called on the Lord. We looked at this last week, how God gave Jonah a second chance. And then, now look at verse 1 in chapter 3. Jonah gets the second chance. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of, city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Now Jonah's mission was to go to Nineveh. That was his call. Jonah, go. Um, and now you got to understand the Ninevites, they were Assyrians. And Assyrians, they, 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 these were rough people. These were people that, that um, you know, it's interesting as we, we, uh, we know what it's like to know somebody that needs to be punished for their crimes. You know, this is unfolding this week in our culture with the doctor that's in, uh, the, the Olympic doctor that is on trial. I mean, we're hearing those stories going, he needs to be punished, right? Well, the reality is, um, the, the Ninevites, they were rough. I mean, these were violent people. They were enemies of, 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 of the Israelites. They were enemies of Jonah and, and his people. They, they were brutal. They, they, some stories about the Ninevites, they would skin their enemies and they would put their skins on their walls as a prize. Uh, they would keep uh, piles of skulls of their enemies and, and they, would, they would pile them up in their, in their courtyards, in their cities as a, as a treasure. Look how, how, how strong we are. They were brutal people. And, and what's interesting about the, Ninev uh, the Ninevites, the Assyrians, they were polytheistic, meaning they believed in many gods. And the thing about the Ninevites, one of their favorite gods was the god Dagon, who in all the pictures, he's depicted with the head of the fish. Now, it's interesting to me that Jonah has this personal story here. He got swallowed by a fish. So you would think that he would go and go, hey guys, I got to tell you a testimony. But you know what's interesting? He doesn't even mention it. I mean, when Jonah proclaims the message to the Ninevites, he never even mentions that he came from the belly of a fish, that he had that experience. It's not even mentioned. Look at this. Um, God said, Jonah, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Notice that. Jonah was like, okay, I'm, I'm going, and I'm going to share God's message. He had a mission. Do you know point number one today? Do you know we have a mission? And this is something I pray we embrace, that we fulfill. You know, here's what we say, uh, the mission of our church, and I want you to hear it, and I want you to know it. I, I pray you memorize this, the mission of our church, that, that we are called to love all people to Christ, equipping them on their journey with God and one another. If we're going to articulate our mission in one statement, it's that right there, that we're called to love all people to Christ. We live in a world that needs Jesus, and we're not going to be able to argue people to Christ. We're not going to be able to uh, reason people to Christ. But as we show love, like we did yesterday with those bags, 
those groceries, as we show love to a community, as we help people with their cars, as we uh, uh, have Elevation Weekend this, this coming weekend with our student ministry, as we serve the Lord in this place, as we love people to Christ. Man, as, as we love people, they'll recognize, man, Jesus changed you. I pray we are faithful to, to love people to Christ, that we are faithful with the gospel, that evangelistic arm, but we also help one another on our journey with God. It's my prayer that we all are growing in our walk with the Lord, that, that, that you are equipped to understand God's voice and how to hear him, but you're also growing in your relationship with one another. Do you know we need each other? You know, we, I, mean, I mean, this morning... My wife made me call Chad. Hey, you better call him and say, you might have to preach today. And, and you know, every pitcher doesn't want to come out, okay? That's just the reality of a, of a pitcher. And, um, but, I'm, but I need him in my life. We need each other in our lives. And, and that's why this vision, this mission that we have to be in this community, in this city, to love all people to Christ, to equip them on their journey with God and one another. Now look at verse 3. Um, I want you to see this. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Now this is a big deal. You know, cities, I mean, up, up until 1900, did you know that most people throughout the world were in agrarian societies? That, 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 very, that few people lived in cities um, as of 1900, but then 1900 something happened called the Industrial Revolution, which radically changed the world. And do you know since then that, that people have been rapidly migrating to cities? It's interesting because um, uh, uh, we see here, this is an unusually large city. It took Jonah three days to go through it. I mean, this is a massive place. And, 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 and this is one of the, the first big cities that we know of in, in, in Scripture. It's a huge city, I and mean, there were several, but, but this is a huge city. And, and as Jonah goes, goes through it, you know what we see? We see that, that God has a heart for the city. And, and I want us to see, understand that, that, that God has a heart for the city because he has a passion for people. And when I look at us, and I look at our call, I mean, think about this. Think about what we've done as a church. I mean, pe people have looked at us and go, hey, what, what are you doing? Uh, you, you guys are, 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 are turning your face into Tulsa? Why would you turn your face to that part of the city? On Admiral, as, as today, Calvary, our Calvary campus is going and underway. And, and just this week, I heard, I heard the guys that are, that are serving down at Calvary just talk about how, how there's new people and, and there's life and they haven't seen it in a while. And, and they're so grateful for, for God's work in that part of the city. And, and you know, as I look at Scripture, God loves the city. God wants us to turn our face to the city. And, and, I, and I, I pray that we do that. I pray that we turn our face to our city, in Owasso and Collinsville, that we see God loves people. And, and, and people live in the city. 
And, and it's my prayer that we, uh, we recognize just what's happening in our nation. You know, I, I read this week that the United Nations in 2009 and the International Organization for Migration in 2015 both estimated that around 3 million people are moving to cities every week. Right now in our, in our world, approximately 54% of people worldwide now live in cities. It's up from 30% in 1950. Sources estimate that this will grow to two-thirds of the world population in the next 15 to 30 years. So here we live in a world where people are flocking to cities. And let me tell you something. It's important for us as a church to have a heart for those cities. I love it that we have, we're supporting missionaries in the Bronx. I love it that we're getting our hands dirty right here on Admiral. I love it that we're, we, we talk about mission here, there, and everywhere. God has a heart for the city. And, and I want us to see this. Verse 4, look at verse 4. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city. And what does he proclaim? Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. So I want us to see point number one today, God's given us a mission to accomplish. But number two, God's given us a message to proclaim. And, and this is why the challenge, I pray, I pray we hear it. This challenge of sharing the gospel with, with as many people as your age. This is a, a, a message we, we are called to proclaim. And, and I'm encouraged by Jonah. I'm encouraged by, by, by the man, Jonah, because, man, you can see that God uses flawed people. I, I look at Barry and my, my experience with him, and, man, he was a flawed guy. But so am I. So was I. And I am grateful that God uses flawed people. I'm encouraged by that. And um, when, you look at, but when you look at Jonah, he was flawed. He's the prophet of God, but yet he rebelled against God. And, and, and you may have heard this challenge, share the gospel with as many people as your age, and you may think, I can't do that. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm flawed. I, I don't know all the answers, or, or what, if I, what if I can't answer a question that I get? You know what? Say you don't know. I don't know that answer. Don't try to make it up. Just say you don't know. You don't know everything. But, but, but don't let the enemy keep you silent and with this challenge. God used flawed people. I'm encouraged by this. Uh, I'm also encouraged by the message. Let's look at this message. What is the message God, what the, what's the message God gave him? Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. I mean, think about that message. That seems a little discouraging, right? That, that seems a little bit, uh, a little harsh, right? Hey, uh, it kind of sounds like those, that criticism we get, you, you mean to tell me that I'm going to go to hell if I don't follow Jesus? Yeah. That's right. If, 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 if someone doesn't come to Christ, hell is a reality. And what's interesting to me in our culture, in our world, um, many churches, they stop mentioning the consequence of life without Christ. And you know what we make it? Oh, well, you need to follow Jesus because it will help you right now. He'll make your life better. You know what? Sometimes my life's not better when I follow Jesus. But guess what? The day I die, I'm going to be rescued from hell. 
because of Christ. Now, some people look at that and go, man, that, that's really harsh. That's really a harsh message to, to mention hell. But, but I want you to see this differently this morning. Because I, I, when I look at this, God's mercy is evident in this warning. I want you to see this because God told Jonah, go to Nineveh and say, hey, in 40 days, your city's going to be destroyed. And he didn't, he didn't tell his testimony. He didn't mix words. He didn't soften it. He walked through the city and he proclaimed that. But here's the thing. God didn't have to warn them. I mean, he didn't warn Sodom and Gomorrah. What did God do to Sodom and Gomorrah? He just destroyed it. God, God and here's, here's, here's the reality of, of salvation. Do you know that God didn't have to warn the mankind and say, look, unless you come to Christ, unless you, unless, unless you put your faith in Jesus, you won't go to heaven. But see, God warned us. God, God put up that sign. It'd be like the... Um, It'd be like a, a bridge being out. And, and, and when a sign is up saying, bridge out, that, that's going to help you to not go over a bridge, right? See, God has warned mankind. God has warned us. And, 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 and I, I, I don't want us to miss the, the mercy in this warning. See, God loved the people of Nineveh. He loved them so much that he said, look, I want you to know, you need to turn. You know, God loves people in our day. That's why he's made the, the gospel message so clear. That's why the resurrection of Christ has made such an impact in our world. I mean, think about it. The resurrection of Christ, that's how we measure time, right? Right? We're, this is the uh, this is uh, January twentieth, right? Twentieth, first. See, I'm struggling today. Twenty eighteen, in the year of our Lord. See, God has communicated that Jesus is real, and He's offering forgiveness, and that's merciful. Now, it's important that we understand the. The gospel message. And, and, I, and I want us to see that the, the points of the gospel are critical. There, there's a book called um, um, The Gospel and Personal Evangelism by a guy named Mark Dever. And I want you, and I put it on the screen, I want you to, to listen. This is the gospel message, the points of the gospel, that the good news, here's the, here's the gospel message. The good news is that the one and only God, <coughs> excuse me, the one and only God who is holy, he made us in his image to know him, but we sinned and we cut ourselves off from him. In his great love, God became a man, and in Jesus, he lived a perfect life, died on the cross, thus fulfilling the law himself and taking on himself the punishment for the sins of all those who would ever turn and trust him. He rose again from the dead, showing that God accepted Christ's sacrifice and that the wrath, of, the wrath against us had been exhausted. He now calls us to repent of our sins and to trust in Christ alone for our forgiveness. If we repent of our sins and trust in Christ, we are born again into a new life, an eternal life 
with God. Now that's good news. I want you to know the points of the gospel is something that we're called to share. So this challenge, share the gospel with as many people as your age. What do you share? Well, it's this, that, that God created us. God made us. It, but, but see, we, we sinned. You and I sinned. We fell short. But, but Jesus, God entered human history in the man, Jesus, and, and, he, and he then went to the cross doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Jesus went to the cross and he took my place, took your place. And, and then, you know, he died. But, but he rose from the dead. Jesus conquered the grave and, and, he, and his Holy Spirit is now at work. And, and, if, and if you would trust in him, if you would, if you would put your faith in him, and what does that look like when you put your faith in him? It, it, it moves you to you repent of your sins. God, I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven, and, and I, I need you. I, I turn to you, and, and I invite you into my life right now. That's the message that we're called to share. And, and so it's, it's that simple. And so for us to be a church that says, God, we, we will proclaim your message. That's what I love about Jonah right here. He went and proclaimed the message. And look at what happened. Um, you know, when, when you see this, uh, point number three is this, the results are always up to God and not us. And this is what I want you to know, that, that when you start to, to share the gospel with somebody, the results are up to God, not you. And, and, and when we share the message, uh, the, the message of the gospel is powerful. It's supernaturally powerful. And, and we tend to forget this. Look at what, look what Jonah did. Look at verse, uh, verse 5. The Ninevites, what do they do? They believed God. And a fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. Then, look at this, when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. I mean, this is the king of the Ninevites. These are, this is crazy that this would happen. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways, their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent with compassion, turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. I mean, look at this. Isn't that crazy? All Jonah did was walk through and say, hey, turn in 40 days. Your city's going to be destroyed. And the king puts sackcloth on his, on his cows, on his animals. And, and they're, they're serious about this. They, they fast. They stop eating. They're like, we're going to turn to the Lord here. And, and you see, when verse 10, when God saw they did this and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented. And did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. I want you to know something. The gospel message has power. And this is why we've got to be good at sharing it. This is why we've got to know what the gospel is. It's the fact that Jesus came for us. 
you don't just talk about how God, um, how, how your life's better. You talk about how you've been forgiven. That's what I think back about Barry, my relationship with Barry. And I'm so glad I got to learn that from him. I'm so glad I got to rub shoulders with a, a, a new believer that, that hadn't gotten over, he hadn't gotten used to being forgiven. You know, can I, can I tell us some, some, some of us, man, we've just gotten used to this. And, and there's not a hunger for people to be, we, we've forgotten what God has rescued us from. We've forgotten that, that man, we were sinners that needed, needed help. And, and I don't want us to get used to our forgiveness. You know, this week, I, I also don't want us to forget that the gospel's powerful. This week, um, you know, um, two of our church members, two of our men, went with me to, to, on Thursday night. I said, hey, let's go. We got an opportunity to go share the gospel with the varsity baseball team at OBU. And so we, um, two, two guys in our church played baseball at OBU, and, and I said, man, you guys want to go with me? I said, you'll get 31 in your, in your credit for, for our challenge. So there's 31 varsity guys coming, and you're going to share the gospel, so you can count all of them, okay? And so they were like, okay, well, I want to go, I want to go. So Spencer and Dustin, uh, Spencer Highlander, Dustin Gurrell went with me, and, and we got in the locker room at OBU. Here we are with the... Um, all the baseball guys just gathered around their locker room. I said, hey, Dustin, why don't you share about what God's done in your life? And he shares his testimony about being forgiven and God moving in his heart and his life and saving him. Spencer talked about how, how God has moved in him after he hung up his baseball cleats, hung up his career. And, and then I got to sit, stand there and say, Hey, here's how, here's how you're saved. And in the locker room at Oklahoma Baptist University, three baseball players come to Christ this week. Isn't that awesome? Hey, there's power in the gospel. And here's the thing. If you sit here and go, okay, God, I'm going to accept that challenge. I'm going to share the gospel with as many people as my age. Show me who that is. Do you know that those names that are put on your heart? Guess who's working before you even think about them? God is. God's the one that has the heart for them. And he puts that heart in us. You know, um, man, Jonah, he proclaimed God's message. Can I, can I challenge us to recognize we have a mission to accomplish? We have a message to proclaim. And let me tell you something. When we do that, the results are up to God, not us. And God uses us. Let's be a church that God uses. Oh, I want to be a church that God uses. Because whenever Jesus returns, if Jesus returns while we're still running around here, I pray he finds us as a people saying, God, we're a group of people that you're using.